Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what's up, what's up? It is GC Live. Welcome in. I'm Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. And you have found GC Live on either YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or on every major podcast platform that exists. We are brought to you by Affordable Medical. Find them at affordablemedicalusa.com. 803-926-1493. That's 803-926-1493. They are home of the game day chair. Again, you can find them at Affordable Medical usa.com you can find me and chris at gamecockcentral.com plenty to talk about on the show today as we roll on and as promised we'll be joined as we are every week by a rivals.com expert this week we go out to rebel rebelgrove.com's neil mccrady those guys do a a great job man i mean we we always say that but i think following neil and and the job they do covering Ole miss over the years they in some ways, I feel like we've sort of tried to mimic some of the multimedia aspects of rebelgrove.com and that they have sort of uh, I think they like to say they're they're almost like a they're almost like a podcast with a website as opposed to a website with a podcast. but uh, he'll be on at about 2:15, but excited to hear from Neil. We always get insight from our guests, but really excited to hear what he has to say about this old miss team. Yeah, I mean, Neil and Chase Parham over there at Rebel Grove, you said it, man, they do an outstanding job. They're, they're as connected as anybody at any program in the country. The amount of stories they've broken over the years. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is just to talk with Neil over the phone when we've crossed paths on some certain stories in the past. And uh, he's just a good storyteller and always has a lot of different insights into what's going on behind the scenes there. Um, at Ole Miss and even at other places, a lot of SEC connections. So uh, Neil is taking time out of his busy schedule recording one of his 100 podcasts today. He has a ton. He, he has even more podcasts than I knew. And uh, so, yeah, does a great job. And really looking forward to hearing, you know, how things are going in Oxford, getting his take on, you know, the situation in South Carolina and a bunch of other stuff. So it, it should be really good. Yeah, they they've got some really outside the box stuff too, man. Um, they've got yeah. their their latest podcast episode 
um, or podcast spinoff. It's called The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor. And it's some local meat market guy um, who I believe is a sponsor. And then I believe his daughter um, basically doing picks against each other. So they they are outside the box over there. But but I can appreciate that as someone, you know, you and I are always trying to think of what can we do that's different. So I, I appreciate the the outside the box approach. We already got a question from our yet to be named GC Live chat group, which I, I think ha- eventually has to get a name, maybe a sponsor as well. Um, but Anthony Belt, who Anthony is new to our show as of yesterday, day before, as, as of some point this week. So we'll go straight out to Anthony. He wants to know, and this might as well be the trillion-dollar question this week. <laughs> I want to ask, does our defense have a chance to slow Ole Miss's offense down? I am very concerned. I think you should be. Should be. It's a good question uh, because it is probably the key question, right, to this weekend. Hey, I'm sort of where I was at a little bit before the A&M game when the more you dive into it, the more – you know, you don't like a lot of the matchups. And so for, for Ole Miss, they've been really explosive. I mean, their lowest point total of the year was, what, 22 or so, 21 against Arkansas. It's a little bit more of an outlier. They've been able to put up points all year. they got explosive playability. They can play with tempo. They can run the football. That's not something people think about often, but they can run the football very effectively in space they got skilled guys that can get open. They have a two-quarterback system. Both guys are mobile. Uh, they can push the ball down the field. They've got a really good tight end in Kenny Yaboa, who's grad transfer, who will be a senior bowl guy and will go play in the pros. And so when you look at it, a lot of the things that South Carolina struggled with this year, which has honestly been a lot lately, right, space play, stopping the run, preventing explosive plays, dealing with tempo, all those things Ole Miss can present, and so that's that's an issue. Yeah, and um, it, it's a it's a little bit different matchup, I think, as far as A and M goes. But but yeah, still, and and like you said, man, I mean, I think the the cold hard truth at this point that yes, I'm sure it sucks to talk about for some fans, but the the cold hard truth at this point is that there is very little South Carolina can sort of hold their you know, hang their hat on right now and say this is a true strength, you know, right now. So that that's when you're looking at matchups against a lot of teams, you know, you're, you're not getting to play Vandy, basically. Uh, <laughs> if you're playing if you're playing Vandy, you know, you could say, wow, there's some good matchups here. May, you know, may, I don't know, maybe Kentucky, they, they've struggled so much offensively this year. You know, may, maybe it's a little, I mean, that's a battle of a, Offense is struggling and defense is struggling. But most of the SEC games right now, if you're looking at matchups for South Carolina, you probably, just based on what we've seen the last two games, you there's not much positive you can sit there and truthfully say. Um, let's see. What's up, uh, Sonny Causey? Uh, he's joining us live for the first time as well. A friend of mine that I've known now, um, gah, uh, a, a while, probably five years or more, I think. But, What's up, Sonny? Glad that you've been able to join us live for the first time. Sonny reached out and asked what time we were going to be live today, so appreciate him hopping in on the chat and checking us out. But 
I, I do. I mean, the the one area is, you know, it goes for me to their to Ole Miss's defense and the fact that this really is a a poor Ole Miss defense. And you look at the numbers last in the SEC in total yardage allowed, um, last in rushing yardage allowed. I think, I mean, South Carolina should be able to run the football against these guys. So big day for Kevin Harris, I think. Big day potentially for Deshaun Fenwick. I still think there's some, there's a possibility we actually get to see some Zaquandre White down the stretch. I know people are tired of me saying, you know, watch out for that guy. I've been saying it all offseason. But I, I do, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I, I do think there's a good chance you get to see him at least a little bit down the stretch and see what he can do. But to me, then you sort of look and can South Carolina be efficient enough in the passing game? Because, I mean, you have to be balanced. Even if you're running the ball down a team's throat, you do still have to throw the ball a bit. Is this going to be one of those things where South Carolina moves the ball up and down the field inside the 20s, but then either can or can't capitalize once they get down there? So for me, you know, that's going to be the key. Are you efficient enough in the passing game to, to do something to where you're not just shooting yourself in you know in, in the foot because I, I think that that's what we've seen from this passing game is that as we've seen this search for another receiver, you know e- even some of the proven guys it's not always consistent. So are you consistent enough? Are you efficient enough even when you're open to complete these things enough to keep pace? With an Ole Miss offense, and I think the scary thing for South Carolina fans is that because their offense is so good, your offense is going into this game feeling like they have to score every single drive, which generally, in my experience, is sort of a recipe for disaster. Right, especially with a team that is not explosive enough to keep pace. You know, we've even seen some Gamecock offenses – in the past, I don't know, couple years where they weren't consistent and you knew that, but they could sometimes have an explosive game. They had explosive play potential because they had more guys at the skill positions, better receivers, whatever it may be. Um, this team we knew wouldn't be very explosive, that they would sort of grind out what they got, that they would need to run the ball, and at times they've done that. They did not against A&M, and so uh, – that's the concern. You know, you always felt like the defense was going to have to carry the offense this year, but you're right going into this game. I don't want to say you've totally given up hope on the defense, but but there's no there's nothing going into this game where you say, yeah, South Carolina is going to be the school, the defense that slows down Ole Miss. There's just no evidence of that. I mean, not with the way South Carolina's played the past couple of weeks, not with how Ole Miss has played for the vast majority of the season with the point totals that they put up. And so when that happens, you nailed it, Wes. That puts more of the pressure on the offense to go out there and score. And you're also going to need to do it in a way where you're sustaining drives, you're eating clock, you're keeping Ole Miss off the field uh, because they can score in one play, they can score in 15 plays. They can do it a variety of ways. And you don't want to get in a shootout. And even if your offense is playing well, what you can't afford is an LSU situation where you you get eight yards of play or whatever it may be, but – you're not doing anything in the red zone. You know, you're getting down there and settling for field goals or kicking them or you're turning the ball over. Those are the things they're going to have to avoid. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll certainly find out if they can do that. Neil should be joining us, I believe, about four or five minutes. So 
we'll uh, hang tight until he gets here. But I, I'm I'm curious to see his thoughts on you know sort of the, the differences in this offense versus cause I, versus last year. Because I mean, here's the thing: it they've sort of just hit the ground running with this staff. But this is an Ole Miss offense that was really really good under Phil Longo as well, and really explosive. I mean, we talked about South Carolina playing them in 2018, and you sort of went into that game. I mean, I, I remember South Carolina going into that game, and we were saying, obviously, Ole Miss is going to have a chance to put up some points. But you were talking about a South Carolina offense that, you know, had Debo Samuel out there. He, he returned a kick for a touchdown in that game. Had Brian Edwards. You know, had Shai Smith as well. Had so- solid running backs. Um, all of them play. Every, all of them got hurt. Yeah, yeah, they. <laughs> They they all got hurt in that game within. Game. Yeah, it seemed like within five a five minute period, it was like they was dropping like flies. But then, and you had I think Mondenson stepped up and, and had a good game when he had to, and that was actually probably the last few years one of the more entertaining games that had uh, that South Carolina's had. But obviously, we don't see a whole heck of a lot of Ole Miss. Like th- these teams have not matched up a, a ton in uh, you know in the last decade or so. So. It'll be interesting, but but obviously this offense with, with Kiffin and those guys has just sort of hit the ground running. So, all right, let's go out now. I see him. Neil, we see you. Give us a thumbs up if you're ready. You're good to go, man. We're going to bring you in right now. There's a thumbs up. We'll bring in Neil McCready, rebelgrove.com. Neil, we appreciate the time, man. I know, as always, everybody's busy, so we definitely appreciate it. How's it going? It's going good, Wes. Chris, talked to Chris earlier today for our pregame show, so glad to, glad to be with you guys. Yeah, man, we, we definitely appreciate it. I know y'all uh, – you're you're a uh, a vet on. I mean, you have more podcasts, I think, than than anybody on the entire network. Um, so some people we have to sort of coach up on Streamyard and all this different stuff. But you look like you are locked in and ready. You, do you just stay on Streamyard or Zoom all day long, basically? Uh, basically, I'm on Streamyard. I use Zoom. I use Ecamm. Um, uh-huh. I use Adobe Edition. I've I've I've, I've I'm pretty hip as it as it pertains to technological stuff here lately. My my, my two teenage daughters are sometimes occasionally impressed, so uh, that that's that's a win, you know. Definitely, definitely, man. So, all right, let, let's dive into this game. Obviously, like like we were just talking about, we we don't get to see Ole Miss a, a whole lot, but uh, the the broad takeaway has been, man, they are really good on offense, and man they've had some struggles on defense may maybe some signs they're they're improving on that side of the ball from what i've read but uh, first of all I, I guess big picture what has lane kiffin sort of brought to this program what have your early impressions been just um as his impact in general on the Ole Miss program since he's come in yeah you know Wes, it's interesting because what you would love to see from a just a curiosity standpoint is what this would have looked like if there hadn't been a pandemic if there had been, you know, the ability to bring the recruits in, they intended, you know, best laid plans and all that. Their their plan was to be very aggressive in the early portion of the recruiting period. They were going to bring in a ton of guys in March and April. And I know everybody goes, well, everybody does that. They were going to use a bunch of their official visits mm-hmm. in, in April. They were going to maybe half of their official visits. They were going to turn, you know, the spring game into a – major recruiting event from an official visit standpoint. They were going to take advantage of, like South Carolina has, Ole Miss has a pretty successful baseball program in terms of draw 
and that kind of thing, you know, big crowds and all that stuff. And they were going to use that to their advantage because they were going to try to really energize the program. And the early signs in late January, early February was that this was going to have, you know, a modicum of success and that it might actually kind of work. They might be able to build preseason momentum and recruiting where even if your team sucks, you, you know, the kids are like, yeah, I'm bought in now. You know, I've bought the, mm-hmm. bump- I've bought the bumper sticker and the T-shirt, if you will. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. And so he didn't have any spring and recruiting got shut down. Hell, recruiting still shut down for everybody. So which, which frankly is for schools that are thinking about maybe making a change or not. That's something they actually have to think about. But I digress. Um, what he's done is he's brought a ton of energy into the program. He has this unique sort of dichotomy of personalities. There's the Lane Kiffin that's on Twitter, which is kind of crazy. And then there's this really laid back Lane Kiffin that talks to us. And then there's this different guy that I think communicates to kids and players that they really like. So they've had a lot of success, but they, you know, they, they you don't really know because you're recruiting via Zoom. You, you're trying to, they, they've said all along, hey, we are not going to take kids just to take kids. We're not going to take kids just because he's from Mississippi. We're, if they don't, if we don't think they can play, we're not going to take them. And so they're recruiting. They're like 50th or something in the country. And so some fans are up in arms. But Lane's very open about how he's going to build a roster. He talks about doing it NFL style, meaning, you know, you, you, you obviously you draft some, you do free agency some. And he's always said, Hey, this, this transfer thing's going to happen and it's going to be wild. And they've had some success with transfers. Kenny Yaboa comes to mind. So I think you'll see them active in that. But what he's done is he's made them relevant. I mean, Ole Miss is two and four. Two and four. Now, they had a couple of a couple of their four were interesting. They, they played Florida well, and they went toe-to-toe with Alabama for the better part of three and a half, three and three-quarters quarters. And, you know, they, they, they were fun. They've been fun to watch. But they're still two and four. And yet, when you turn on game day or whatnot, they're always talking about Ole Miss because they're talking about Lane Kiffin. He's on the Dan Patrick show. He's on Barstool with uh, those guys. You know, if he doesn't really need local media much, and some of the local media get kind of frustrated because they're used to having their heads padded and, and you know, <laughs> told how important they are. This guy doesn't need us. And so you 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 have to kind of get creative with, with how you talk to him. But if he wants to get attention, guys, he just calls up national guys. And he's on their shows. He's on Dan Lebitard because he's – he can be funny and he can talk about fishing and he can talk about all these different things. And he tells funny Saban stories and he's a great quote. Like just the other day, you know, he's asked about, you know, cause Ole Miss is one of three schools in the league uh, along with South Carolina and Arkansas that have, that are on schedule as of this moment from a COVID standpoint. And he was, yeah, I know he kind of took some shots at um, LSU a little bit. Mississippi State a little bit like, yeah, you know, sometimes I'm not sure they really want to play. You know, they're kind of using injuries and and it's just jabs, you know, and he was asked about this uh, this uh, text chain that he's in with Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt. And he's like, yeah, it hadn't been very active lately. They all lost last week, you know, and it's just jabs and it's funny. And yet it's kind of, you know, it's it's good natured. And I don't know that any of those guys despise him. It was the funniest part of the whole Alabama week was. Everybody was like, oh, Saban hates Kiffin, and he's going to be out to get him. And as that week went on, it was like, Saban doesn't hate Kiffin at all. It's, they like each other. It's funny, you know? So he's he's made them relevant. He's made them fun. I think fans are excited. They're energized. And yet on the flip side, it's a results business. And 
no one faults him for what's happening on the field right now with defense and stuff like that. But guys, if this dead period doesn't get lifted, and I think it got extended today through the middle of April, if this dead period doesn't get lifted at some point, I don't know how you go about rebuilding your roster. Yeah, so one thing, and this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but I've, I've got to ask because you brought up the like different personalities that Lane presents. Yesterday, that was yesterday, right, Wes? Yeah. Wes played. It was Monday's press conference, but yesterday. Monday's yeah. presser that he played yesterday. It was like the worst, most dry press conference like ever. I mean, ever. Is Lane, is is he trolling people by doing that? Like, is did he, is he like, I'm just going to be as boring as possible? Or is like, is that serious, like his press conference mode or? So it's, it's this, and God, I'm, I'm, I'm making more and more enemies. I have so many enemies in media after the last nine months. So why not make a few more, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. He does not like. Uh, coach, uh, could you tell me about the tight end situation behind Yaboa? I was wondering if you might break that down. Or, Coach, uh, I noticed you've had some trouble with kicking. Have you thought about making a change there with your kickers? Coach, could you break down what you see with South Carolina's defense? He doesn't like that stuff. He's not going to give you personnel. He's not going to tell you who's hurt. He'll answer the COVID stuff. And I think sometimes with the few of us that are a little, we think the COVID thing's a little overplayed. I think he, I think he agrees, and he'll give us a little bit there. But if you ask him about, you know, hey, I know you went fishing. Did you catch anything? You'll get an answer. He'll tell you about that. If you ask him about, hey, what do you think about this contact tracing stuff, the way this is done? He'll give you this very long, thought-out answer. But if it's this Monday Let's reflect on the past game and let's look ahead to this game. He's not going to do all that because, look, he's not going to say, look, if it works for me here, this is my worst team. If it works for me here, no one's ever going to remember this season other than the COVID stuff. But I'm not going to throw these kids under the bus because it's not their fault. And so he's not going to do all that. So, yeah, sometimes the press conferences are really dry. And you guys know this with Zoom. You don't have that human interaction. It's still a screen, and it's very regimented, and you ask your question, then the next person asks his question, and so sometimes he's just not very good. He, he had a, I've had a couple of funny moments with him where I've, he got fined after Ole Miss and Auburn. They, the officials missed a call that would have given Ole Miss an eight-point lead, assuming the extra point, which with Ole Miss is an assumption. But I'll go ahead and assume the extra point. Um it would have given Ole Miss an eight-point lead with, like, I don't know, five twenty to go, and they didn't even review it. And it was on the heels of Auburn getting a break against Arkansas. Yeah. And, and uh, Kiffin retweeted a tweet, and he got fined. And uh, so I, I, he, he put out a thing about Penny Lane, you know, on, on Twitter, and I asked him how many, tw- how many pennies have showed up at the, the Manning Center, which is where their football offices are, are located. And, he gave a real funny answer to that. He was like, I was waiting for someone to ask that. You guys took two and a half minutes. You're getting slow. And he's like, Neil, you didn't even care about the other answers. You were just waiting for this. And I was kind of like, yeah. And, you know, and so he's, he can be funny. He, he can be really good. And you hear him like with Barstool and those kind of guys. He's great, but that's a different format. Like he would be good in this format with the four of us, assuming that we all sort of agreed, hey, we're not going to break this damn game down. We're going to. We're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to talk about big picture. We're going to try to find out some stuff, some dirt on Will Muschamp. You know, what's, what's something he's done? Maybe he had a, had a, 
a beer too many or whatever when they were out someplace. And he'll go there and be great. But if you start diving into hardcore football, unless you want to talk about like calling plays or going forward on fourth down or things that he's learned or stuff like that, he'll do that all day. So with that said, let's uh, dive into this game. (laughs) (laughs) But no, so um, tell us, I mean, you see this offense every week, obviously. I mean, God, it seems like from quarterback, there's two guys. Obviously, Jerrion Ely at running back, that that was somebody I followed during recruiting. Stud. And then um, Elijah Moore catches like 10 balls a game, I guess, literally. So, um, I, I mean, how how good is this offense compared to some of the ones? I mean, it seems like we were just talking about 2018 going down there and watching that offense for Ole Miss. That was a really daggum good offense, too. So, um, how, how does it compare, and what have been the differences maybe with Lane and, and those guys running it versus the old crew? You know, that 2018 offense doesn't get enough credit for how good it was or how good it could have been from a talent standpoint. They had mm-hmm. D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, um, Dawson Knox, who's a starting tight end for the Bills now. Van Jefferson was on that team. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Jordan Tomu was the quarterback, and and Jordan, I think, is still on the Chiefs roster right now. I mean, obviously, he's not going to beat out Mahomes, but, but uh, you know, he, he's good enough to wear an NFL practice jersey. And they had Greg Little on that team, and they had some linemen and stuff. I mean, they, they, they were solid. This offense is really – it's kind of different because it's um, – it's a little more balanced than that one. That one just threw it and threw it and threw it. This one's going to be balanced. Chris was talking about this on, on my show earlier. Um, you know, everybody talks about Lane Kiffin and how he's wide open and blah, blah, blah. Man, they've beat people with running backs this year. Um, you mentioned um, you mentioned Ely. Snoop Connors had a terrific season. I mean, he's a really dynamic back between the tackles. He'll – He'll 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 get after you. They're good up front. Royce Newman at tackle just got invited to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Kenny Yaboa, the tight end from um, Temple, transferred in has been terrific. Um, and then you mentioned Elijah Moore. He's Elijah Moore may have impacted more football programs in one one game. I mean, you you think about how different the state of Mississippi is if Elijah Moore just hands the ball to the official at the end of the Egg Bowl. He does the little dog pee thing, and he gets the penalty, and then they miss the kick, and that gets basically gets Matt Luke fired. And Mississippi State intended to fire Moorhead. They win the game. The chancellor gets all emotional about it, decides to keep him, and then their program implodes over the course of the next month, and they end up with Mike Leach. I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff that happens after just one unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. But he's really good. He's um, – He's such a difficult guard in the slot because you really can't put a strong safety on him or a linebacker on him because he's, he runs such clean routes. He really understands the game, and then he can beat you with his speed too. He's he's gone right. this season. I mean, Ole Miss people are like, you think he's coming back? I'm like, no, he's not coming back. Why in God's name would he come back? I mean, he's, he's an NFL-caliber receiver, and they have a couple other guys that have been inconsistent. Jonathan Mingo will have a really good game and then disappear. And then have a really good game and disappear. So you know, he's that's kind of what you expect from young receivers. He'll do that. I, I think he's got a chance to have a pretty good career here. He's just got to get a little steadier. And then Matt Corral's been the story. You know, Matt Corral a year ago lost his job, wasn't very good. He got hurt. When he came back, he lost his confidence. Was a turnover machine. The knock on him was that he just couldn't make good decisions. And I think this is where Lane Kiffin, as a coach, is underrated. And that is his ability to take a quarterback whoever that quarterback is, 
whether it's uh, Sims at Alabama or Jake Coker or Jalen Hurts or the, the kid at FAU who put up great numbers. And now Corral, take them and say, okay, what's your strength? What's your weakness? I'm going to kind of figure out a way to hide your weakness or use it just enough to keep coordinators honest. And then I'm going to build up your strength. And with Corral, the one big you know, weakness that he had was not great decision maker. And I think he simplified those decisions. Now, the one team that got him this year, ironically, was Arkansas. And they didn't do a lot of complicated stuff. They rushed three. They dropped eight. And Corral was coming off a huge game against Alabama where he was awesome. He was Mm -hmm. great against Alabama. He scared the hell out of them. And But he got away with a couple of throws against Alabama. And he got into his head, oh, see, I can make these throws. And Arkansas basically laid the trap, and he fell into it. He threw six picks, could have been eight. I mean, it was a disaster. But he came back from that. I'll tell you the sign of his maturity, and I think it's a sign of Kiffin's coaching ability. They come back and they play Auburn immediately after the Arkansas game. Ole Miss's first drive, they get down into the red zone. It's like the seven, eight-yard line. I don't remember exactly where. And he throws a pick. And you could see just him kind of melting down a little bit. And they brought Plumlee in for a series. But then they brought him back, and he was really good the rest of the Auburn game. And then he just tore Vanderbilt apart, which you don't know what to read into that because Vanderbilt is atrocious. So you don't know whether that's just him taking advantage of them or whether he built some confidence. But he's Corral's got a really good arm. There's also it's that you know everybody talks about arm talent, whatever that means. He's got it. He can make all the throws. He can throw the deep ball. He can throw with touch. Um, when he gets going, he can he can get. He'll build. He's one of those guys that has a lot of emotion. He'll build off that emotion. He's better with his feet than he gets credit for, but he's still he's still a little susceptible to trying to do a little too much as a as a young quarterback, and mm-hmm. uh, that's burned him a couple of times. But hey, listen, he's when you look at his numbers and you throw out this that one game, just toss the Arkansas game, which I know it doesn't work like that, but if you do his other five games, his numbers are really solid. Neil, as tempted as I am to, to take it in another direction and get off this game, which we will do, I do, okay. we do have to ask about the defense a little bit. Ole Miss, primarily, I would imagine, talent issue probably yeah. on that side of the ball. Yeah, they're slow and they're small. And uh, they've got a handful of guys that aren't terrific with assignment. And, you know, th- in this league, that's not the greatest combination. I was about to say that's a great combo. <laughs> they've improved a little bit here down the stretch. They, they, they were okay against Arkansas on defense. They were okay at times against Auburn and they were pretty solid for the most part, especially against the run against Vanderbilt. But again, it's Vanderbilt. Right. I don't look I South Carolina has been able to run the football this season. And I would think they're going to be able to run the football against Ole Miss. It's going to be, DJ Durkins, the defensive coordinator, the former Maryland coach, he's, I think he's, some people here have criticized his schemes and whatnot. I've actually thought schematically they were pretty solid. Sometimes it's just, you're asking people to do things and they can't do it and you do the best you can. I think he's kind of figured out what does work. I think he's kind of figured out what, what doesn't work. So they, they're not doing as much, but look, they're not some dynamic defense. They're not going to roll out there Saturday and throw some sort of a shutout against South Carolina or, Oxford High School or anybody else. They're, they're just – they're not that good on defense. I expect there will be a kind of a wholesale change personnel-wise defensively 
next season. So matchup wise, man, I guess as y'all have sort of dove into this game on your end, what what are you watching for? I mean, is there anything that sort of stands out to you or anything else about Ole Miss we sort of just need to know as far as it, you know, this game goes? I mean, you know, I think they're going to try to run tempo. They're going to want to, they want to get South Carolina to have to play catch up where you're mm-hmm. tempted to get out of your run and to go to, go to your, you know, you got, if you have three quarterbacks, you don't really have any. And so you're doing that deal where you want to get in their heads a little bit. And, and, you know, you got quarterbacks trying to make plays happen because they're trying to win a job and they're trying to stay on the field. And uh, obviously that's what Ole Miss would love to do. They, it's not complicated. You'd love to get them into third and long and, and maybe make them make a couple of mistakes. It's out Carolina to commit a couple of turnovers. You build a double digit lead and you're making them play from behind. And that's, that's probably Ole Miss's path to a, quote, easy win. On the other side, I'm not convinced they can stop anybody. Look, they didn't stop Arkansas. I mean, a lot of Ole Miss fans were like, all right, you gave that game away and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, man, Arkansas was – they beat you at the line of scrimmage pretty much the whole game. And so, you know, that's – there's a lot there. I mean, if you told me it was a high-scoring game, I'd buy it. If you told me Ole Miss won by 11, 12 points, I'd buy that too. And if you told me that this game's really close at the end, I'd buy that. I mean, they're just – when when – Ole Miss is kind of what it is through six games. They're very good on offense. They score points. They can score points quickly. They can score points in bunches, but they can give them up quickly too. And they've gotten a little better at that, and they're coming off an open date, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't – I just don't have any faith that that defense is going to roll out and and stifle an SEC opponent. All right, so as I said, as I promised, I wanted to take it away a little bit. Now, I'm not necessarily tying this to South Carolina, but Hugh Freeze is going to come up a lot, right? And I know we could probably stay on this call or whatever you want to call it for hours. Hours. About with your experience covering Hugh Freeze. In a general sense, Hugh Freeze is going to come up for a lot of jobs in the SEC, maybe beyond this year, next year, whenever it may be. Just tell us about what you know. What can somebody expect when Hugh Freeze gets back into the SEC? What do people need to know? Okay, first of all, he's he's a really good coach. Yeah, he's he's proven to be very good at Arkansas State, at Ole Miss, at Liberty, of walking into a situation, getting kids to play hard for him, um, probably overachieving early. He does some hokey stuff, but I think hokey stuff can work early. I covered Houston Nutt. It was really hokey, and it worked at first. Um, now, the problem for Freeze is does he, have the, does he have the coaching network to put together the kind of staff that you have to have at a place like South Carolina that is going to let you recruit at the kind of level that he needs to recruit to win there? where you play Florida every year and you play Georgia every year and you got to play Clemson at the end of every year. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but it's different than when you're at Liberty and you know, you're going to play Western Kentucky and you're going to play Austin P and then you're going to mix in a game at Syracuse. Then you're going to get a couple others. Then you know what I mean? It's different. You're not playing. There's no Florida international on the South Carolina sec schedule. So he's got to put a staff together and I'm not convinced he can. I thought it was the beginning of his downfall at Ole Miss was he lost a couple of coaches and really couldn't replace them. Um, the NCAA thing here, I don't think is a big deal. He didn't really do anything. They didn't, 
they didn't cheat the way that they got accused of cheating. Now, did they probably try? Sure. But that they didn't have the network to get that done. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, on, I guess, what, four out of the five signing days here is mostly disappointment at the end. You know, you you lose, they were losing guys to other SEC schools. Um, So you get that. You're going to get kind of, like I said, some of the hokey stuff. He, he refuses to stop playing up the religion part with him. And I, I'm not saying it's disingenuous, but for some people it's a turnoff. And, and then also, you know, when you, when you play that card, you've got to live up to it. And I don't know him. I haven't talked to him in years. I would, I would, I'll say, I'll leave it at this. I'm a big fan of Columbia. It's a cool town. I mean, every time I go there, I'm like, man, this place rocks. I like this place. But there's places to get in trouble there. It's been my experience. And um, I mean, you know, it's a fun. If you want to go have fun in Columbia, you can. That's been my experience. I mean, that is a compliment. And much like Oxford's that way. If you want to go have some fun in Oxford, you can you can do it. I don't know that you could you could probably hide it in Lynchburg better than you could hide it in in uh, Oxford. And certainly you, you, you could hide it in Oxford better than you could hide it in Columbia is my guess. So I, he's going to have to, he have to have that cleaned up, but he's a good coach. Um, he'd be okay with media. He's really thin skinned. That's why when people have talked about him going to like an Alabama or a place like that, I'm like, man, Oh no. But you know, I don't know what the, I know what you guys are like. I don't know really what the rest of the media landscape is there, especially in, in the modern media where all the newspapers have basically gone out of business and what it looks like. So, He'd be okay. He'd be, in my eyes, if I'm South Carolina, I would view him as high risk, high reward. There's a ceiling, but there's a floor, and that floor could be a deep floor. I uh, so I asked in the chat if anybody had any questions. We and I'm I'm hoping this is not some like Urban Dictionary thing that I have no idea what this means. I I, I think this is one of maybe one of your old Miss people that's logged on. He says, "Ask Neil about potato logs. Does that mean anything oh. to you?" <laughs> That's just, yeah, it's kind of just our just pod- our podcast. We've been doing this podcast every day, the Oxford Exxon podcast, for about I don't know eight, nine, ten years. I, I really have, honest to God, lost track. I guess it's about eight years. And um, you know, the Oxford Exxon's our our sponsor, so yeah. people can people, which is actually the people that own it own. 48 blue sky locations all over the Southeast, but we called it the Oxford Exxon podcast, I think in large part because we really didn't think it was ever going to take off and be anything. And so people envision just, you know, you walk into a convenience store and you get a couple of chicken tenders and a potato log. And so we would start calling it the little potato log podcast that could, you know, cause we'd get guests and stuff and it's just kind of, it, we, our, our, uh, the, some of the guys that cover Mississippi State would, would, when they would try to belittle us, they would say we were just the potato log podcast. So rather than fight back, we just sort of embraced it. You, you got to lean, you got to sort of lean into something like that. I feel like, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, just if that's the worst thing you ever get called, you, you're going to be okay. That's right. True, true. You got anything else, Chris? No, I'm good, man. Uh, let's see, Kyle. Kyle Foster on the chat uh, wants to know if you can talk a little bit more about Kenny Yeboah and just sort of what he means to that offense. I know I guess the other guys probably get a little more notice, but Yeboah, I guess, has been really good for you guys too. Yeah, man, he's um, he's going to play in the league. That's for sure. Yeah. 
uh, you know, assuming he can stay healthy. He's big, 6'5-ish, maybe a little bigger than that, um, probably 230 or so, runs well, um, good hands, blocks okay. And they've got a couple of guys behind him that are good blockers, so they can kind of, you know, use him in different ways. They can use him in the slot. They can use him tight. He's just really versatile. He can do a lot of things. He's If you watch a lot of NFL, you see guys like Kenny Yaboa making big bucks in the league, and I think he will. Ole Miss got lucky there. Because he was going to go to Baylor, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess Rule left for the Panthers. And when that opened up, because he'd played for Rule at Temple, and then Rule went to Baylor, and so he was going to go finish his career with the previous coaching staff. And then when they left for the Panthers, he was looking for a home. And um, I guess you know um, one of the Baylor coaches was coming to Ole Miss, and so um, you know he he jumped on that opportunity, and boy, it's worked out really well for everybody. Neil, final question. Let's go completely away from football, man. Um, I know you're into all types of different things, so random question. What are you watching on Netflix these days? I'm still finishing up Shit's Creek. <laughs> it's taking me a little while. Great show, though. It's a great show, and you know what? It's been, it's been funny how that's worked out because – so I've got three kids. My oldest is a, a sophomore at the University of Arkansas, and uh, she was having – a terrific freshman year just man loved it and the pandemic pandemic was bad you know for mental health and stuff and Mm -hmm. so you know we had that and then you know kids at home and fighting over wi-fi and it kind of got dark a little bit you know during pandemic times and so um i like people like watch ozark and stuff and so i watch some of ozark but i'm like now i'm just kind of thinking about like hurting myself and (laughs) i'm like i need to put that away and and i stumbled into schitt's creek and it is so funny and i'll save episodes for when i'm kind of having a little dark time coming over me a little bit and it's it's great the writing on that show is freaking fantastic and you start laughing it's i'm on the last season and i'm trying to really milk it now i'm trying not to binge it yeah, and I the reason I asked that, and I there there's a story there. So Rivals Conference, it, it's it's been a while ago, and I think I think this was you, Neil, because I I did not know you yet, but I was in the gym at the hotel at the Rivals Conference, and I was and, on training at the time. Do what? I was probably training for a marathon at that time, and and I'm sitting there, and I, I'm just in there trying to get a little workout, and this guy to my right. Is just dying laughing at something, dying laughing, dying laughing. And then finally, I, I think he saw me sort of look over there, and he's like still mid-laugh. He's like, sorry, man, this Arrested Development Season 5 is just awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he, he was about to fall off the treadmill laughing at, uh, at Arrested Development. Yeah. I, I, I actually watched that the whole, the whole series while I was training for a marathon. I almost blew my knee out on a treadmill so many times laughing. Because that show's so ridiculously stupid that it's great, you know what I mean? But those yeah. are that's kind of my thing. Like I watch Breaking Bad and all that stuff, and sometimes that dark stuff. I, I guess just my the way my mind works that it kind of gets to me a little bit, and so yeah. I mean I'll watch The Office three times a year, you know. So uh, that and and yeah, Arrested Development and Shit's Creek and stuff. That's that's sort of my cup of tea. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Well, good stuff, Neil. As always, dude. We appreciate the time. Uh, y'all keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay, man? Okay, guys, y'all be good. Yeah, Thanks check them out at rebel, rebelgrove.com if y'all want to sort of read the Ole Miss perspective and, and check out their podcast as well. Go um, go see it right now, rebelgrove.com. Neil, we'll talk to you soon, man.
All right, so a uh, lot to digest there, Chris. Good stuff as always from from those guys. I, I knew I knew, and we we got great feedback in the chat throughout uh, Neil's time on here. And the thing about the thing about Neil, which I, I love, is you're much like he was talking about with Kiffin. You're not going to get just the, you know, Ole Miss has a good quarterback and a good running back and a yeah. good wide receiver and check out the tight end and um, you know this is a good offense and a bad defense and. I mean, he he's going to bring you something, you know, sort of outside the box, and so so that was good. What what did we learn? Well, yeah, like you said, a lot to digest. Where do you start? When when I talked to Neil, I I, I never, we'll say I never, because he does explain where things are with the team really well. But my takeaways are never. Here's what I think about their offense. Here's what I think about their defense. You know, but to sort of force something in there, no doubt it sort of confirmed a lot of what we knew, you know, just getting the perspective from there in Oxford um, offensively, this is a really good team defensively. They, the struggles that we thought that this team's carried just by, you know, the, the bit that we bits we've seen of this team and digging into the games, the box scores as statistics, they have struggled. Uh, but, you know, I just thought the stuff about Kiffin was entertaining sort of that. That's what I like seeing and hearing about just sort of the deeper dives into how is it covering the program covering Kiffin, just learning more about sort of how he's handled things since he's been there. I thought that stuff was fascinating. And like I said, before he came on, Neil is, Neil is a great storyteller, you know? And uh, so just listen to his stories are fantastic. Our official, our unofficial official, um, I would say hype man, marketing man, twi- definitely Twitter marketing man, Gamecock Russ. Um, Russ, your opinion carries weight around here. So, he right. says number one ranked interview this season, so I I would say that that that's pretty strong, man. Because I I think from the reaction we got before, SEC stat cat was maybe leading the way. Yeah. So and and all don't get me wrong, all of our guests have been great. I think they've all had information. They've all been strong. But um, if Neil has passed stat cat, that's that that's saying something. Unfortunately, who knows when South Carolina actually plays Ole Miss again? Because, um, wait, they're on the schedule next week, next year, are they? Or no, it'll be a while. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a while because they were just on an eighteen, so that typically means that it's going to take a, a while, you know, to get somebody yeah. back on. I know, you know, twenty two and twenty four, I think, are Arkansas and Bama, or maybe flip flop those, and so yeah, it's going to be a little while. Maybe we, we'll just have on Neil on once a year. Just for that. We're just random. We're just going to randomly get Neil on during the bye weeks. Yeah, bye week. We'll just get him on. We yeah. have the bye week, Neil, and he'll probably have a sponsor for it because uh, yeah. they have I, a sponsor for everything. I'm surprised to, to even come on without a sponsored segment. So we're, I guess we're fortunate on that. Yeah, he, he's going to get what whatever Columbia spot he got in trouble right. at last time. Right. Uh, I mean, it'll be brought to you by. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there, but. Um. Yeah, he'll he'll have he'll have a sponsor. So speaking of sponsors, uh, tell everybody about the game day chair. Yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and tell people about a couple of our sponsors. The game day chair from AffordableMedicalUSA.com. Check it out if you're on YouTube, top left corner, you'll see it. 803-926-1493 or go to AffordableMedicalUSA.com. And if you're on YouTube, GamecockCentral.com, our podcast page. Click the description and you will see the link to the game day chair. Super roomy, super comfortable chair to watch Netflix. Any of the selections that Neil and Wes talked about 
or watch the Gamecocks or NFL, whatever you've got going on, check out the Game Day Chair. And one more sponsor here on GC Live, Dead Soxy, with their patented technology to prevent both crew and no-show socks from sliding down. You can be assured you won't have to lose the battle with that dreaded sock slippage. They've got the boardroom, uh, which is the dress socks. They've got the no-show ankle socks. Kickstart some positive vibes into your wardrobe. Head over to deadsoxy.com. That is D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. If you enter the promo code COCKY, they've created that just for our listeners here on GC Live. That'll save you 30% off your entire order. Make sure you go check those guys out at deadsoxy.com. I believe they're a sponsor for Rebel Grove and those guys as well. They are indeed. They are indeed. Uh, so doubly, if you appreciated Neil's interview, check out deadsoxy.com. Support both of us. And the uh, yeah, and, and what's up to all of our Ole Miss uh, watchers and listeners? We did have some some folks checking in, which I guess just speaks to the power of Neil and, and those guys that we had some Ole Miss folks checking in on us. So appreciate y'all joining as well. Saw some new folks in the chat, um, Andrew. And by the way, a potato log. I I didn't know that's what it's. I think that's like a potato wedge, but that must be some Mississippi verbiage. There, yeah. Do you ever call them a potato log? No, I, I don't know. I always think of you know the potato wedges, like you said, log. I've never, but see, the thing about Mississippi is they've got supposedly like Louisiana, Mississippi. When you are like, like here, if we're like, I need to go get some fried chicken, I want to get fried chicken, you're not like gas station, right? But in Louisiana, Mississippi that's going to be the first place that comes to your mind because they have the most bomb fried chicken. Apparently I don't believe I've had any, but I've heard it from enough people and potato logs, whatever that is. Apparently it's, yeah. it's a potato wedge basically. So but it doesn't look like, why is it called that? It doesn't, it's not a log. I, well, I, when I Googled it, that's sort of what, what came up. Um, maybe, maybe Andrew, Andrew here is, is an old Miss guy. And he said, um, he's got the, the old Miss dead Soxy socks. Loves them. Appreciate that, Andrew. The code word John asks um, is cocky, right? Yep. Code word there. cocky. And in the near future, Wes and I have gotten a little sneak preview. They're going to have some socks that are sort of a little bit more geared towards Gamecock fans. So we'll definitely let you know about that. But for now, just check out the rest of their selection there for dress socks or no-show socks, whatever. Make sure you check those out too. We've tried them out. They're really awesome. And uh, in the future, they'll have something that's sort of geared towards Gamecock fans, just like Andrew said with Ole Miss. Yep. So uh, check those out. Appreciate our sponsors. And and it's another one of those things, like we always say, we, we only bring on sponsors we sort of trust and know and, and appreciate the product. So go check them out. Use code cocky at deadsoxy.com. Uh, another thing that stood out to me, man, listening to him is just the big picture stuff on, on Lane and their approach to recruiting kind of reminded me, obviously, so there's a South Carolina connection there. Matt Lindsay is running their recruiting department. Yep. He was running South Carolina's recruiting department, um, you know, for most of the Muschamp era here. And the approach they had initially to sort of go ahead and try to get guys on campus and, and sort of use early official visits, that's something we saw with South Carolina. As soon as early official visits were available, they went ahead and started hammering away at, at trying to do that. And obviously the pandemic hurt them and the pandemic um, 
has really hurt everybody. But it, it's an interesting take and something to think about. You're trying if you're trying to build a program right now, and you're sort of in a situation where you're trying to build new relationships, be it with high school coaches or with players. And what I mean, what how how do you do that over Zoom? And I, I think it it gives some it gives it yet another advantage to I would say a blue blood type programs because I think kids are more likely to choose a blue blood offer just because it's Alabama or, you know, it's LSU as in how do I turn this down as opposed to going, maybe you go to a South Carolina and you see it's a great fit. You see, uh-huh. I love the facilities. You see, I can play early here. So you, you don't really give as much of a chance to maybe some of those other schools. How do you build those relationships over the computer? It, it's it's difficult, and I, I think they're they're seeing it in their first year. But other programs, if they do make changes this off season, are going to see that that's going to be a part of it. Do you do you have some prior relationships with some kids from wherever you were coming from? Um, will, will be a factor for schools that do make changes this off season. It is significant, and you know another part. So. With a place like Ole Miss, a lot of their strategy for, you know, that first signing day or whatever, um, or, or really probably your first couple, is, you know, trying to pick off some kids late, you know, flip some kids, have some excitement. And, again, going back to what you said, it's harder to do that. Um, maybe you have some existing relationships, maybe you don't. But remember when Muschamp came here, you know, December 2015, they've got two months to – finish out the 2016 class. And so it's about who are you keeping, who are you not keeping, trying to get guys back in the foot, like a guy that maybe decommitted in the midst of the coaching change, like Brian Edwards, uh, and then trying to see if you can go, all right, let's raid some other commitment lists. And it's harder to do in the midst of a pandemic in any year. And so, yeah, it's a big challenge. Like you said, any schools that make changes this off season, they're in a similar boat because you, you haven't been able to get kids on your campus. So you are having to rely more on maybe some pre-existing relationships or just doing virtual visits. And, you know, everybody is in the same boat with that, but it does make it tougher. And I agree with you. It's, it's tougher on schools that are not blue bloods. No doubt about it. This, this has affected them, I think even more. Yep. No doubt. All right. So that's going to about do it for the show today. I think, man, Neil, uh, Neil carried the way. <laughs> I think yeah. that was good. Uh, let's see. Andrew, with a little more Ole Miss perspective, said part of Kiffin's recruiting problem, he wasn't recruiting any of these kids when he was at FAU compared to, say, a Sam Pittman who was building relationships with Blue, with blue Chips at Georgia. That's a good That's a good point, man. I think anytime you know, you, you bring in – everybody sort of has that choice. Do you bring in a guy from a, a lesser position but at a higher-profile school versus – a higher position at a lower profile school and you know Kiffin at, at a place like FAU probably is not you're not recruiting the same caliber athletes there that you're going to need at Ole Miss so you're having to re you're having to just build brand new relationships Pittman yeah. for example the the other ironic thing there is that Pittman 
you know, it lo- I remember it looking very much like Kiffin was going to go to Arkansas, at least based on some reporting online. And then, boom, he pops up at, at Ole Miss. Yep. So that that's something to sort of to watch down as these two programs move forward two, three, four years down the road. Those two are going to be very linked as in who actually ends up being the better hire, Sam Pittman or Lane Kiffin. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one instance that I remember with Henry Parrish, who we covered, Wes, um, you know, a guy that South Carolina nearly got, they were able to get him to Ole Miss in large part because Kiffin brought his running backs coach from FAU, um, and they had a really good – now, was FAU going to sign Henry Parrish when he said no, but they had a good relationship, and Parrish was open, and so they were able to bring him to Ole Miss as a result of that. So got to be creative and and sort of – resourceful when you're doing things like that. But yeah, no doubt it, it gives a challenge. Uh, Kiffin was, yeah, he was in the mix for a few jobs there. You know, you had the Arkansas job, you had Mississippi state, you had Ole Miss all sort of in this pot and Kiffin would seem to be in the mix at a few different places. Uh, Billy Napier was in the mix at a couple of those places, at least definitely Ole Miss and Mississippi state. Arkansas search was sort of all over the place with a bunch of different candidates. So it, it was a really interesting off season. And then obviously, really compounded by the fact that there was a pandemic. So, uh, you know, and this thing's continuing. I mean, it's not – the pandemic stuff from a recruiting standpoint is not going away. I mean, it's mm-hmm. continuing to have an effect. And so uh, whether it's teams that are still relatively new with the regime or whether you're changing your regime, it's something you've got to build into it in, in your line of thinking. No doubt. A couple more questions and we'll get out of here. Corey asks, if we have a prediction yet? I, I don't have a score prediction yet. I can tell you I will not be picking South Carolina to win. I'll go ahead and, you know, if, if you're – I don't know if anybody cares who I pick anyway, but I uh, <laughs> I will not be picking the Gamecocks. Um, Anthony, I just threw it up on the screen there. Use code CENTRAL60. You can get 60 days free at GamecockCentral.com. It's uh, $99 for the year or basically $10 per month. They're actually – you know what? I'll I'll go ahead and give it away. There there's a code that's not really published, but is still active. So anybody listening, including Anthony or anybody else, you can get fifty percent off your first year actually if you use the code Gamecocks at checkout. So that's not um that's not out there. If you go to the site, you're not going to see it. But um, anybody who that's a little little advantage to listen to the pod and paying attention and everything. Go on there. When you first go to sign up, you'll see the full price. But once you click through and when you get to checkout, type in Gamecocks in the little promo field, and it'll discount it down for the first year. It's $50, and after that, it goes up to the regular price. So we'd love to have anybody on here. You know, Come on over. I, pr- I promise once you get hooked on it, you'll be locked in and you join our community. And we, we got a lot of great stuff planned for the future, not just for the podcast here, but for Gamecock Central dot com as well uh chris you got anything man all right chris is muted um somehow i am i think yeah. i'd mute myself maybe i'm sorry but no i was blabbing on no pack show today appreciate all the interaction and questions rave reviews on neil mccrady which i think we expected so really enjoyed having him and appreciate everybody being a part of the show as always yep for uh for the muted chris over there i am wes We will see you all on Friday, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Y'all have a good one. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.